Hello, brothers and sisters. I'm so glad you joined me for the Lord's Word of God today. And I'm just Joe, no title. And today's message is to bring the church closer together. And so if you brought your Bibles today, please turn with me to the book of John, chapter 13. And we'll start reading in verse 34. Jesus tells us, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this you will all know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Amen, brothers and sisters. Amen. So as Christians, we're to love our neighbor as ourselves. But our congregation and our churches, we need to love each other as Jesus loved us. And not have any jealousy. No jealousy or strife should go on in the churches. Unfortunately, that happens sometimes because of pride. So turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we will read verse 26. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Amen, brothers and sisters. Amen. So if one of the members in the church is suffering, all the members suffer with that person and pray for that person earnestly with supplication that God blesses them and comforts them with whatever they're going through. Amen, amen. And if something good happens to somebody and they're blessed and they share what Jesus did for them, everyone rejoices in the church for that person. Amen, amen. In 1 Corinthians 3.3, Paul is admonishing the church there. He says, For you are still carnal, for where there are envy, strife, and division among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? You see, sometimes pride and jealousy will get in the way of a church doing what God wants done and they start doing what they want to do and many times it's to make money they focus on making money instead of saving souls or ministering to the Christians in the church by what we were just talking about you know when somebody's hurting everybody unites and prays with one accord for that person we've got to pay attention to the congregation and the church leader in particular is responsible for that, brothers and sisters. Turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 2. I'm going to read about the day of Pentecost. And we'll start reading verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues, as of fire, and one set upon each of them. 
And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So this is powerful. This is powerful, brothers and sisters. They are filled with the Holy Spirit. They're all praying together with one accord, earnestly in supplication. And God performs a miracle and fills them with the Holy Spirit. It's amazing and it's powerful. There's power in prayer, brothers and sisters. And we all need to do that. The church has gotten away from that. And we need to do it the way God instructs it to be done and shows us how powerful it is right here. So brothers and sisters, if the church is gathered together and they're all praying with one accord, all kinds of blessings can happen. All kinds of good things can happen. And there can be great healing there. All kinds of good things. And so we need to get back to the practice of praying collectively in supplication in one room with one accord. Amen? Amen. Jesus says in Matthew 18... Verses 19 and 20. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. And that means Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, is in the midst of their minds. And that's what I'm talking about, brothers and sisters. There's power in prayer in one room with one accord, all praying in supplication for the same thing, brothers and sisters, and there's power, and God will answer that prayer in the affirmative. That's what he says. We need to get back to praying for our Christians, for our congregation. We need to do that. Amen? Amen. And so one more passage. We'll turn to Revelation chapter 2. And Jesus speaks to seven churches there, and he's speaking to a church of Ephesus here. And we'll start reading verse 2. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have preserved and have patience, and have labored for my name's sake, and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. And brothers and sisters, the lampstand, or if you want to call it the candlestick, is the pastor. And when he says he will remove them, that means he will take them off this planet and replace them with someone else. Don't let that happen to you. Go back to the first works when you first became a pastor and you were fired up for the Lord and you listened to the Holy Spirit and whatever he said, you did. And you read the Bible and it gave you understanding to follow the Bible in one accord. The churches all together 
We all together, don't let pride get in the way or self-centeredness get in the way of doing what God wants and doing what you want. Amen. Amen.